How's everybody doing this morning? Good. I am really excited to see you here today. You know, we it's a wonderful day to, to praise the Lord, isn't it? Every day. Great response. Let's hear that again. It's a wonderful day to praise the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Yeah. We have uh, not only you guys are here, but our, our Hispanic church, nuestros hermanos de la Iglesia Hispana are here as well. And we just are thankful to be able to join together in this service and worship the same God. You know, when we get to heaven, I was thinking about this last night. Uh, when we get to heaven, we, uh, we are going to be multilingual. You know, you're going to know a gazillion languages. We're all going to be able to speak. And there are times when uh, I, I, when I was in South America, I had a good friend that uh, her dad would visit from Brazil. They spoke Portuguese there. And so we'd be talking, and I'd be speaking to him in Spanish, and he'd be speaking to me in, in Portuguese. And they're close enough that we could really, if we went slow enough, we could understand each other. And it was really an interesting thing. When we get to heaven, we're not going to have any problems at all. Whether you speak English or Spanish or Portuguese or Italian or anything else, we're going to all understand each other, and we are going to worship God together. Can you imagine the chorus that's going to be there? All these languages speaking and worshiping God together at the same time, praising his name. That is going to be awesome, my friends. That is going to be awesome. Chip asked me if I, I would uh, share a little bit about evangelism this morning. And I, and I was thinking about it, and evangelism is such a, a big subject. I mean, there are just a lot of things that we could talk about. And so as I was thinking about it and trying to figure out what the Lord had for us this morning, I, I, I thought about the church. You know, one of the ways that we can evangelize is by getting people here to church. Every Sunday, we hear God's word spread out and, and proclaimed. And it's like a banquet that we hear every Sunday. And people are fed on that as they, God speaks to them. And what a better place to bring somebody who needs to know the Lord a place where he is going to hear God's word. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, getting people here and, and allowing them, God, to use you as they come here so that they can hear his word. Now, I am going to call this the, the ABCs of evangelism, okay? Making it really simple, there are only three words that you need to remember as you leave here today, okay? If you can remember these three words, we're good. And, and I think that it, it'll make a, a difference as we, we think about the church, as we think about those that we know who, who don't attend church, and how we can get them here so that they can meet Christ. That's what it's all about. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Uh, if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And in Luke chapter 14, Jesus is, has been invited to uh, uh, a, a uh, 
went to a Pharisee's home, and he's having a meal with him there. And so um, during that time, he talks and he gives him a parable, and it's called the parable of the great banquet. So that's what we want to talk about today a little bit. But first of all, A, A, the A for evangelism is ask, ask. That's the first word I want you to remember, ask. Look what it says here. It says that Jesus was talking. He says a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited that everything was ready for them to come because everything was ready. The first word is ask. You know, there are so many people out there that are just waiting to be asked to come. I, I've run into people, uh, different ones, and uh, that I've asked, why, why don't you go to church? Well, no one ever asked me. No one's ever asked me. Now, that, that seems kind of, kind of silly in one sense. Obviously, everybody is always invited to church. And so it, nobody needs an invitation but there are people in your sphere of influence who are waiting for you to invite them, to ask them to come. And so many times we have that opportunity, and we don't do anything with it. We, we don't use the opportunity that God gave us to, to invite them to come. And, and sometimes it, it, it runs in our mind that, well, you know what? They're not going to come anyway, so why should I ask? Or, or maybe you've asked them in the past, and they, they, they didn't come. And so you think, well, you know what? I'm not going to ask again because they're not listening. They don't want anything to do with this, and so I'm not going to ask. But, friends, the fact of the matter is it, we can't give up on people. You know, there are people who... The first time that you ask them, they're not going to show up. They're not going to make it. They're, they're going to say that, yeah, they're going to come, but when it comes down to it, they don't show up. And, you know, that happens over and over again. People are, are full of excuses. They really are. They come up with some wild excuses. In this, <clears throat> excuse me, in this parable, Jesus said that, they all began to make excuses, okay? They all began to make excuses. Um, the first one, it says, I bought a field. I just bought a field, and I have to go see it. So would you please excuse me? And then it says that the next one, he said, well, I, I, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. The third one, he said, I just got married, so I can't come. You know, it's kind of like, well, I, I just bought a car, and I have to go see if it runs. Or, hey, I just bought some swampland in Florida, and I want to go check it out. Some of these excuses are just ludicrous. They really don't make any sense, but people are full of excuses. And we have to understand that that may happen. 
But that doesn't mean that we stop asking. We need to continue to ask because some people, even though they, you ask them the first time and they don't show up, maybe the second time they will. Or maybe the third time they will. The disciples, they, uh, they asked Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, you need to forgive him 70 times seven. And, and so I'm telling you today, if you ask me, how many times do I have to ask somebody to come to church? Well, it's not five times. It's 50 times five times. It's not 10 times. It's 100 times 10 times. You got to keep asking because you never know when they're going to say yes. Maybe it's not going to be the first time. Maybe you asked them and something really came up and, and they had a legitimate excuse. Don't give up on them, friends. Keep asking them. Keep allowing them to make that decision. That's what we need to do. We need to give them that opportunity. We don't want them to have the excuse in the end that, uh, well, nobody asked me. Well, that's not true. I asked over and over and over again. You know, I've different people, church people, sometimes they've, they've said to me, well, you know, I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to ask this person because I don't want to ruin our relationship, our friendship. I don't want him to get mad at me. And so the easiest thing to do, you know, they say that we should avoid talking about politics and religion with people we know, right? And so the easiest thing to do is just not bring it up, just not ask, not to rock the relationship, not to jeopardize our friendship with that person. Guys, I want you to understand something. I want you to know this. If that friend of yours doesn't know Jesus as his Savior, him going to hell for all of eternity is going to jeopardize your relationship. Does that make sense? If you're going to heaven and that friend of yours is going the other way, your relationship has a problem. Now, maybe it's going to be okay for 10 years or 15 years, but when you compare that with all of eternity, it has a problem. And it's worth taking the risk to jeopardize that relationship, to get them upset because you keep asking them about church. All you ever want to talk about is church. Well, you know what? Christ is important, and we need to take the risk Take the chance on that individual to try to get them to come to a relationship with Christ, to hear God's word and to make that decision so that we're together forever. How better way to formalize that relationship, to make it better than to spend all of eternity with that person? You know what? How many people have asked somebody, and then the person came, and the person says, I am really glad you asked me. I am really glad you asked me. You know what? Chances are 
if you didn't ask them, they wouldn't have showed up. Ask. A is for ask. And B is very similar to that. It says that the servant went out and he told his master. He said, all these people, they're not coming. All the ones that you invited, they're not coming. And so the master, he got angry. He got upset. He said, I want you to go out into the town, go out into the streets and into the lanes, and I want you to bring people in. The second word I want you to remember is bring. Sometimes asking isn't enough. There are people that you can ask, and that's great. But there are some people in your sphere of influence who you need to go a step further with them. You need to take away the excuses that they might have. Oh, something came up. Oh, my car, it's not running really well. I didn't have enough gas to get there. Or whatever it might be, offer to go and get them, to go and bring them. Hey, come to church with me. Guess what? I'll be there at 1030 in the morning to pick you up. Now, we do this all the time. Hey, let's go to the ball game. I'll stop by and get you. What happens when we do that? They go with us. It's not that you get there and they say, oh, by the way, I decided not to go. Take the excuses away. Sometimes asking is just the first step, and it works, but there are some people that you need to go a little further with. Bring them. Hey, I'll be there. And guess what? After the service, we can even go out and get something to eat, or we can come back to my place and have lunch together. Take the excuses away. Make it as easy as possible for them to come so that they hear God's word. Now, I want you to know this. If they come, if you go and get them, maybe you have to leave a, a half hour earlier than you normally would so you can run by and pick them up. Maybe you're going to go out afterwards and uh, you're going to spend $20 on them on, on, on lunch or whatever it might be. I want you to know something. If they are here and they hear God's word, and at the time of the invitation, they said, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. That is the best half hour you have ever spent in your life. That is the best $20 you've ever invested in somebody in your life. Friends, we need to allow God to use us in order to see men and women come to the Savior. Every Sunday, the banquet is here. Every Sunday, God is using his word that's preached here. And people are, are listening. They're coming to Christ. Now, I can remember years ago, I, I was visiting in, in Peru, and one, one night we were having an evangelistic campaign. And nobody went forward that night. Nobody went forward. Nobody responded. And one of the pastors, he said, you know what the problem is? 
that everybody that's here already knew the Lord. We need to get out there and get people in here who don't know the Lord so that they can hear God's word and so that they can respond to it. Friends, we have a responsibility, and we can't allow our own comfort to get in the way. We can't allow our own fears to get in the way. We need to step out. And we need to invite those people. We need to ask them. And if it is necessary, we need to go and get them. We need to bring them. You know, even that at times isn't enough. So the third word that I want you to remember, we have ask, we have bring. But the third word that I want you to remember is compel. Compel. The master, he, he said that uh, the servant said, you know what, there's still room. We've done everything that you said, but there's still room in the banquet. And so the master, he said, I want you to go out into the, into the alleyways, go out into the lanes and the countryside, and I want you to compel the people to come in. Now, what he's really saying is I want you to force them to come. I want you to force them to come. Now, some of you are probably thinking, wait a minute, we can't do that. We live in a politically correct world, and that wouldn't be politically correct. But the fact is, there are people that you know that you have the right, the ability to compel them to come. Basically, you can say, hey, I'm going to be there at 1030 to pick you up, and I'm not taking no for an answer because you have that kind of relationship with them. Now, that doesn't work on everybody. There's some people, obviously, that you know, and you don't know them that well. Your relationship isn't that good. You can't say that because they're going to say, you're going to do what? No, I don't think so. But there are some people, good friends of yours, or maybe it's a family member that you've been talking to. Maybe it's one of your children. And you can say, guess what? We're going. Now, they may not like that too well, okay? And they may bucket that, and they may rebel a little bit against that. But guys... I personally would rather drag people into heaven, even though they are kicking and screaming the whole way, I would rather drag them into heaven than see them walk voluntarily into hell. The master said, go out and compel them to come in. Force them to come. Don't give them an option. Whatever it takes, you need to get them here so that they can hear God's word. How are they going to believe unless they hear? If they don't hear God's word, they can't believe it. So we need to get them to a place where they're hearing God's word. This is a place where God's word is preached. This is a golden opportunity, and we need to take advantage of it. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Ron, does that really work? Can you really compel somebody? 
what, what happens? I want to tell you a story. The night that I came to the Lord, I was, I was uh, in high school, and that night, it was about 6.30 at night, I, I was sitting at the kitchen table doing some homework. I was working on a paper that I had to turn in, and my parents came walking out, and um, I asked them where they were going because they obviously they had their coats on, and obviously they were going somewhere. And they said, uh, well, we're going to church. And, you know, that just seemed really strange to me. I wasn't sure what to think because, number one, we didn't go to church as a family. That, that was before any of us knew the Lord at all. And so we didn't go to church, much less on Sunday morning, a Sunday night. I didn't even know churches did things on Sunday nights. And so when my mom said, we're on our way to church, I thought, okay, that's strange, but okay. I said, well, have fun. And so, and so now, now here I am. I'm in high school, right? Not a church person. Never went. And my dad looks at me. He's not a Christian. My mom wasn't a Christian at that time. None of us were. And my dad looks at me and he says, well, I kind of like you to come along with us. Well, you know, I was talking about being bilingual and understanding people. My dad, when he said, I'd, I'd kind of like you to come with us, I knew immediately what that meant. And roughly translated, it meant, get your coat on, get in the car, because you're going. And so, knowing that, I, I said, oh, okay. And so I got in the car and went. Now, I didn't want to go. I thought, you know what? This is going to be a waste of a couple hours, but at least there's going to be peace in my house. So we're good. I'm willing to put in the time. That night, friends, I was forced to go. I was compelled to go. And I don't remember what the speaker actually said, but I do remember that at the end of it, as we were praying together, God did something in me, and I just felt under conviction like I had never before. And I responded, and I received Christ as my Savior. And it changed my life. Two days later, my dad came to the Lord. It changed his life. They were asked. I was compelled. But you know what? We're all going to heaven. We're all going to be at the same place. We all receive Christ under different circumstances, but we receive Christ. And you know, I am so glad that my dad made me go. I, did, I wasn't happy at the time, but it changed my life. And, and I owe my dad a great debt of gratitude for that. If he would not have insisted, I would not have went. And there's a whole lot more that goes along with it, but I can honestly say I have no idea where I would be today if it wasn't for that. Don't be afraid to just not make it an option, and, and, and especially you parents with your children. 
I, I am very blessed to have my, my kids here with us today and with their children as well. And you know what? When Kim and I first got married, we, we went to church. I mean, it's just what we did. It, it, it was who we were. And so when we started having kids, we just took them to church with us. It's what we did. It was who we were. And so it never was an option. Now, maybe I was a bad parent. I don't know. But I, it just never dawned on me to give them a chance to say, no, I don't want to go. It, look, this is who we are. This is what we do. So let's go. And the, they were great. They, they never really bucked it. They never really rebelled against it. They grew up from the time they were infants. Church was a part of their life. It was a part of who we were. And now they married. All three of them are married to godly mates. And I praise the Lord for that. And now I am watching them as they bring their children to church. Why? Because one day it, it wasn't no longer who mom and dad were. It became who they were. And now they're bringing their children. It's who they are. It's what they do. It's not an option. It's just, it's just how it is. Guys, God has given us our families. And it, he's given us responsibility with those children. In the Old Testament it says, when, when you lay down, when you get up, Talk about these things. Teach them about these things because it's important. And one day, that faith that began as yours will become theirs as well. You know what? It doesn't matter if you have to ask or if you have to bring somebody, if you have to compel them to come. What matters is they come. And however you need to do it to get it, get them here to hear God's word so that they have an opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior. I want to I finish up with uh, just a couple of things that you can take away from this. Three things. First of all, don't give up asking. Don't give up asking. Maybe they're not going to come the first time. Maybe they're not even going to come the second or third time, but maybe they'll come the fourth time. Or maybe they'll accept it on the fifth time. Don't give up. Don't give up. We can't, we can't negate anybody. And, you know, right along with that, there are people that maybe you've never thought of asking because you have something in your mind that says, well, you know what, I... They're, they're not interested anyway. Reach out to them. Expand your sphere of influence. And think about somebody who you see day in and day out. You know what? I've never asked them to come. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to ask them. See what happens. Bring them. Whatever it takes, compel them. Get them here to hear God's word. Don't give up asking the second thing is this. 
Be willing to go the extra mile to reach out to those who need Christ, who need Jesus. Be willing to go the extra mile. If that means I need to leave my house a half hour early so I can go and pick them up, I'm going to do it. If that means, hey, I'm going to have somebody at my home for dinner after church, that's the only way I can get them here, you know what? I'm going to set an extra plate. We'll put some more water in the soup. It always goes further. Be willing to go the extra mile. Even though it may be inconvenient, even though you just may not feel like it, friends, just do it. Go that extra mile. And then one more thing that I want you to remember, and this is probably the most important. We can ask, and we can bring them, and we can compel them to come. But unless God does something, and so I want you to remember this. Before you ask and before you bring, before you compel people to come, remember to pray for those you are reaching out to. Pray for those you are reaching out to. Paul, writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, says this. It says, if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing. For the God of this age, that's referring to Satan, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they, listen to the word that's translated here, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of Christ. So we need to pray so that those blinders come off. And so the light of the gospel will shine in their heart and they can make a decision to receive Christ. Pray for them. Don't give up praying. Before you ask, before you bring, before you compel, pray that God will shine on their heart so that they will make a decision to receive Christ. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing my brothers and sisters here today. And God, as we think about this, help us, Lord, to, to do what we can to reach out to the world around us, to reach out to that friend of ours, to reach out to that worker who's there with us every day, to reach out to that family member who, who just doesn't know Christ. Lord, help us to do all that we can so that they come to know Jesus as Savior. Lord, help us to to reach out to people and, and snatch them away from the very fires of hell and introduce them to the Savior, introduce them to Christ. Lord, use us for your honor, for your glory, for it's in your name we pray. Amen.